Well, I just watched the Masters of the Universe show. It's something. Sometimes really good, sometimes meh. Alright, let's just get on and start this. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I just needed a palate cleanser after the Green Knight, so I decided to review this this week, along with Suicide Squad. You know, some fun cartoon violence stuff uh, to get, to, you know, get the mood up. So, yeah. I watched the Masters of the Universe reboot series on Netflix or whatever it is. I think somebody, I think, I remember somebody uh, said online it was like a, a continuation of the original story or whatever. Um, I haven't watched any He-Man, like, at all, like any Masters of the Universe. I haven't seen any of that. The only thing I've seen is the new She-Ra reboot, which I think was like a spin-off of Masters of the Universe. And even then, apparently, this was like unconnected or some whatever. So, um, I kind of went into this blind, not really knowing anything about anyone. Like, I know the joke is, like, Skeletor is, like, an incompetent villain. He-Man is, I have the power. But I only knew, like, the basic outline. You know, secret identity, magic sword, protect Castle Grayskull, that kind of thing. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I'm not sure this is the best introduction. It seems to be more of a thing for long-time fans of the series, so they could probably give you a much better review than I can. But, you know, let's try and see where this can go. Let's see where we can go for this. So, this is weird. This is a really weird show, honestly. So, it starts out with, like, Skeletor attacking Castle Grayskull again. And uh, He-Man defends it. And during the big fight, uh, in the first episode, there's this big twist and... Look, I kind of have to tell you the twist because it's part of the main story. It happens in episode one, so you've been warned. Spoilers from episode one, this point onward. Okay, so He-Man and Skeletor, like, breaks open the source of all magic uh, on the Eternia. And He-Man has to contain it using his sword, and it results in both of them being destroyed. So this show starts out with the main hero and the main villain of the entire series dying. Uh, apparently the king and his also He-Man's female companion, and also Prince Adam's female companion, uh, Tila, did not know, so his father gets really mad that, you know, his wife and his best, you know, his best lieutenant, uh, man-at-arms, betrayed him by not telling him the truth, and Tila's all, you know, upset, he's like, he died, and I can't even, like, be sad because I'm too busy being angry, and so the entire band gets broken up, you know. Man-at-arms gets sent, sent away, exiled from the castle. The king is all mad and angry, doesn't let anyone near the castle. Um, you know, Tila is going on and become, like, her own little adventurer with a new sidekick who's, like, an engineer because it's a weird magic and science thing. Uh, magic, since the sword and the source of magic and the sword power was destroyed, uh, magic has sort of, like, dried up to they're in, like, a magical drought situation. And it's just not fun for anyone. There's a lot of weirder stuff going on, too, in the background. Like, they're, like apparently, like the uh, Castle Snake or whatever, uh, Snake Castle, they, all, like, all the He-Man monsters and whatever now worship technology instead of magic because magic has abandoned us, you know? But they also have this, like, weird collection of, like, nanite goop that can turn you into a cyborg if you drink it. And I'm just, like, I'm just looking at this, like, this has to be a reference to something I don't understand, right? Because this is, like, too weirdly specific for it to not be a reference. Um, so if any He-Man fans listen to this, I would love to know what this is, they're talking about here. I might look it up later. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just weird. I don't get it. So yeah, this actually ends up being more about Tila than He-Man, which, you know, fine, that seems pretty interesting. Um, Prince Adam was a bit more interesting than I thought he was going to be. 
Then again, the writing is actually way better than the clips I've seen of He-Man. Most of the clips I've seen are, like, really bad writing, so, you know. Uh, Skeletor is occasionally actually threatening villain in this one, which was weird, because I thought his whole thing was that he was, like, kind of a moron in the original. But, um, you know, that's, 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 that's a modern-day reboot of an old 80s series for you. Increase the writing, play down the camp, but keep the weird, colorful characters, and you've got something interesting, so... Uh, Tila's kind of interesting. I really like how she has to, like, come to grips with her feelings towards, hey, I've been lied to all this time, and it's not because they thought I was too weak, but at the same time it feels like that. I don't know. I, she, she had a really interesting kind of arc, you know, getting over the fact that she had been lied to all those years, because again, this is apparently some kind of continuation of the long-running series, so I guess she didn't know for, like, the whole series that, he, uh, Prince Adam was He-Man, I guess. Which, okay, that's interesting. At least, you know, something. And so she has to go on a quest to reunite the two fragmented pieces of the sword that are in hell and heaven, respectively, and bring them back to the world so that magic can flow again. Uh, meanwhile, they're being, you know, stopped at every turn by this new cyberpunk cult from Skeletor's old fortress. All very campy, all very weird. Uh, the designs are actually pretty interesting. I do like the, the little cyborg designs. There's this one really creepy moment where it's like this peasant guy who came to get the nanite stuff and he drinks it and becomes like, it's like a buzzsaw arm. And then you see this little girl crying as the fighting breaks out. And they go like, oh, don't worry. And then her head just whips around. Um, and it's like, oh my god. Oh, she was a cyborg already. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, honestly, the best part of this entire series was probably, okay, so, basically, they have this, like, robot that's, like, Tila's, like, brother-ish because he was created by her father or adopted father or whatever. Uh, Man-arms. And his whole thing is, like, you know, he's the emotional cyborg robot guy who doesn't feel fear or anything like that. And then there's this really sad moment where they're reforging the swords and he gives his life because his power core is the only thing that can do it. So, he forges them. But in the process, he, like, you know, overloads and destroys himself. Um, and there's this moment where everybody rushes in and be like, oh, no. What's your name? Because I don't remember his name. <laughs> and he's like, Tila, sister, tell your father. Tell father. He did an re- even better job programming me than he thought. I didn't think I could feel fear. But now, as death approaches, I do. I could feel fear. It was like this really shocking moment of, wow, that's disturbing. <laughs> Uh, I really liked it, actually. It was probably some of the most interesting thing that I had ever seen with a robot character is, like, tell my creator that he did an even better job, because now that death actually approaches, I actually feel fear. I didn't know I could feel fear. This is a wonderful sensation as he's dying. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, that's actually really creative. I don't think I've ever seen that before. And, uh, like, not in that particular way. It's like, of course you have robots who learn to love, but, like, robots who learn to fear death. Like, that's a little dark. I like a little dark, so I'll take it. But, like, seriously, that's a little depressing. Uh, the only time he's been able to feel an emotion is when he's on death's freaking door. That's, um, great. Good for him. Uh, you get to, like, see, like, the afterlife with all the other He-Men, I guess they're called. All the other Guardians of the Blade. Uh, and there's this big thing where, like, Adam is there, but he's there as Prince Adam and not He-Man, where all the other people are, like, they're transformed selves, and it's like, we come here as whatever part of ourselves we prefer. He's the first champion who ever preferred his non-powered form. And it's like, oh, okay, so he preferred being Prince Adam. It wasn't, Prince Adam wasn't alive. Prince Adam was the face he put on, wasn't the face he put on. He-Man was the face he put on for the world. He preferred being Prince 
Prince Adam, which actually has been a nice character development for him. Uh, I'm not really sure if that was the case in the original series or if they did stuff like that before. But if, even if they did, I think it was a really nice touch. It really showed that he preferred his normal everyday life and he did this to protect, you know, he did it to protect that life. Which makes it all the more more of a reason why he didn't tell his friend, Tila, that he was He-Man. Because he preferred to be Prince Adam. He liked his life better that way. And he didn't want her to see him as, you know, He-Man. It's like, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Just didn't want to get him involved in the crazy life or whatever. It was interesting. Um, and that's kind of the thing I have to say about this entire series. It's interesting. It doesn't do the thing you expect it to do from this kind of show. Of course... Uh, all the voice acting is pretty good, you know, Netflix is pretty good at that stuff. The animation is actually really good, I really like the new style, uh, based on what I've seen, like, the watercolor 80s style they used to use for those old shows, with the really stiff animation, it's really improved from that era, although I'm sure there are a lot of He-Man fans ready to tear me apart just for saying that. <laughs> don't. Please don't. So, yeah. Um, that's really about all I have to say for it, to be honest. There are a lot of emotional moments that didn't really hit for me, because I just wasn't a fan of the old show. Um, and you know what? This has made me almost want to go back and watch it because I almost want to figure out what all these references were referencing towards. But at the same time, this series feels incomplete. And the one I mean, it doesn't really end in a satisfactory way. See, what happened with the reforging swords and then he might decide to come back from the afterlife, giving, you know, he can't come back to paradise since he's been back to the moral world. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Um, you know, he's going to be live his life as his life and not to worry about death. That's a common you know, sacrifice the hero makes is giving up paradise. And, um, so the reforging score is like, the power of Skull. I have the power. And then he gets stabbed in the back because Skeletor also regenerates when the magic returns, and he seizes a sword and becomes a god, and then, you know, it's just, um, that's how it ends. Skeletor wins. And it's like, wait, what? No, that, wait, why? Why would you end it like that? I don't know, it's just like, it just seemed a little pointless, you know? Like, why end it that way? There has to have been, like, it's only five episodes long, like, why was it so short? Are we going to get another series? Because, from what I understand, one of the major things about He-Man is that He-Man didn't finish. So, you took a series that was meant to finish a unfinished series, and then this series is now going to need to be finished either with another season or something, anything. And, like, the more I look at it, I'm just like, I feel like you're just extending it and giving us another cliffhanger ending or whatever. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, I just wanted the series to at least have, like, a season finale. It seemed to like a season finale as much as it felt like a tee-up for the next season. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're getting another season for this or not. But, um, like, I probably would watch another season. Like, seeing a season where, like, the story starts where He-Man's been, like, impaled, maybe even dead... And Tila's now going to take over completely. Maybe she's going to become the next champion or whatever. Like, maybe that'd be interesting. I'd probably watch that. If only to figure out what the heck's going on. Because, again, this is just bizarre. So, yeah. Count me kind of intrigued, I guess. I definitely want to know what's going on with that giant swarm of nanites that's pouring out of the Serpent Castle. That's... That's just a little weird. Like, it was so weirdly... It has to be a reference to something. I Like, right? Or is this just something... Because it doesn't... The, the reason I'm saying it has to be a reference is because it doesn't come up at all in the story. Like, they see it happen, all the characters are like, well, that's weird. And they just move on. It's like, okay, so you're going like, to deal with this in another season, I guess? Or is this a reference? Because it, it, it's either something they're planning to deal with in the second season, in which case they probably already gotten approved for a second season, or it's 
a really specific reference to something in He-Man itself that I just don't know about. And I'm like, which one is it? Um, so yeah, th- that's like the one pr- criticism I could probably give this. It's pretty well made, but it just doesn't really seem as a good place to jump on, which it's fine. If they want to make something that's specifically for people who already like this series, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't deny the people who already liked He-Man that. But, uh, as someone who had never watched He-Man, I just didn't feel like I was getting an actual good, uh, the best experience out of it. Not to say I just liked it, I just think it was a little, it didn't explain itself that well, if that's, if that's, um, yeah, that'd probably be what I'd say. It doesn't explain itself that well. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, this episode's a little short. Just don't have that much to say about He-Man, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you've been paying attention on our Buy Me a Coffee page recently, which please donate or become a member, we'll be soon be releasing uh, episodes a week early to Buy Me a Coffee, which will be cool. Um, but, yeah, so... There's going to be a new series coming up, a uh, new type of episode I'm going to be releasing. It's going to be a bit more scripted. Uh, it's going to be called The Reference Section. So if you want to, you know, figure out what that's all about, there's a little post on my uh, Buy Me a Coffee page. You can also follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. And you should find my new tweet about that, which will lead you back to that page. Go check it out because I'm really excited about this new episode style. Uh, I put a lot of work into it and I'd really appreciate it if when it gets released, you guys all go and watch it. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for coming by and that's it. See ya. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.